uh, Proverb 27. I woke up in Knoxville, groggy. And when I'm groggy and can barely think, I just turn to Proverbs and whatever day it is, I read it. It's always good. And so uh, I was reading in Proverbs chapter 27 yesterday. And this is one of those Proverbs that I probably have passed over hundreds of times. And then yesterday it just struck me. And it's one of those things where you, you read it and you're kind of like, yeah, d- duh. Right, Who, I mean, of course. But verse 18 says, he who tends the fig tree will eat its fruit and he who cares for his master will be honored. Those seem like just logical common sense cause and effect. But I was thinking about he who tends the fig tree will eat its fruit. And we have fig trees at our house. And years past, they've just had figs. I mean, just gobs and gobs. You can't, we're picking five gallons of figs a day. I mean, just, that's a lot of figs. And you're, as we're harvesting the figs, we're eating figs along the way. If I see one that's just really nice and purple and ripe and a June bug hadn't started eating on it or anything like that, you know, I, I take that one and I eat it. And by the time I'm done picking the figs, I'm full with figs. And so the point is, anytime your heart is to serve, we think that we're, we're giving away, we're laying something down, we're sacrificing. But anytime you serve, God will fill you up. And it's like there's blessing in the serving. And it's just that, you know, you go, you go do hard work, even the disciples, they're passing through the, the wheat fields that were ready for harvest. You know, part of harvesting is that you're, you're eating of the fruit while you're harvesting it. I mean, same way whenever we'd be in the, uh, you pick cherry tomatoes off, you're like, man, that one's really red. I'm going to eat that one. And you, it's like you get the best because you're harvesting it. And so it's like God's going to, he's always going to fill you up when your heart is to serve. He's going to feed you. He's not going to leave you dry as long as you're looking to him. And then the second part says that he who cares for his master will be honored. And so Jesus, you know, he is my master. He's the one I follow. He's the one I submit to. And I was like, Jesus, you have everything. How can I care for you? How can I take care of you? And I just had the picture of just taking oil and perfume and anointing his feet and and drying and washing his feet with my tears. You know, just like those two women did in the Bible. And I just had that picture. I was like, you know what? I, I get to pour care for Jesus by my worship. When I just pour out myself to him, when I pour out my heart, when I, when I praise him, no matter what is going on in life, good or bad. And that is oil and perfume to him. And I just want you to, to get that picture of that you can actually tend to Jesus. You can actually care for him. And what did it say about Mary when she sat at Jesus's feet? What did Jesus say about her? He said, her story will be told throughout history is basically what he said. He honored her with the way he cared for, or the way she cared for him. You know, but you know, even practically for me, I look at like the mentors in my life, like Steve Fish, it makes me think, I was like, how can I, you know, Steve's my master, he's my mentor. You know, Kung Fu, you got masters, right? Master Shifu, got Master Steve Fish. Well, I mean, you know, he's, so I'm like, it just makes me think, I was like, how can I care for these people in my life who've like poured into me? You know, Jesus has poured into me big time. He gave me his life for my life. He showed me how to, how, how to care for him. You know, how can I care for those uh, you know, who have, who have poured into me and that kind of thing. Other people in my life, it just got me to thinking that way. 
But Jesus is so servant-hearted, and there's so much blessing in the serving. Both of those things are servant-related. And when you serve somebody, you do, you do it because you love, you love them. I'm, you know, you have people who are like, man, that person's really servant-hearted. Jessica's mom's like that. She's just, she's just, her default button is to serve somebody. Jessica is like that. And then I'm not like that. My default button isn't like this hospitality serving thing. You know, and I've been trained well the past 13 years. Travis, when somebody comes over, you offer them a glass of water, okay? Yes, honey, what, what, what else is on the list? You know, and stand up when they come in the door. Okay, all right. You know, and so, but, uh, but Jesus is servant-hearted, and you, but when, my, when I had my kids, I became servant-hearted real quick. Like, I was out of love. I was, you know, we used to change diapers in the nursery at Convergence Church, and I had to have like a hazmat suit to change some other kid's diaper. I mean, it was just, you know, you pull the diaper back, you're like, oh, my sweet Jesus. And, you know, with the kids, our kids, you know, you pull back the diaper, same nasty mess, but you're like, oh, man, that's the cutest poop I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, you know, but so the love motivated the serving. And so first and foremost, you know, fall in love with Jesus all over again if you're feeling dry. Because that serving, you're not serving, you serve from a place of overflow. And then even in that serving, you'll, there's going to be blessing. You know, the times that I've done, so many times I've done outreach on the streets of Athens, whatever, and when, when God like just shows up and knocks somebody's socks off, and uh, just rocks them with his presence. I'm just like, I'm just in the presence of God doing his thing. And I'm just walking away like, woo, that's good. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. And I walk away full because I'm where Jesus is. He's a river. He's pouring out like there's more than enough. Like you ever try to put a cup in a river? It's just like poof, overflow instantly. And I mean, you would, and it's never ending. It's a constant stream. It's eternal. And so when you see what Jesus is doing, you participate with him, you serve him, you submit to him. There's so much good fruit and there's so much filling up to be had. And uh, but when, you, when we tend to feel dry is when we dis we've somehow disconnected from Jesus in the midst of all that. And so anyways, I just wanted to encourage you guys. Um, we're talking more about the Holy Spirit, communion, com, communion with the Holy Spirit, fellowshipping with him. Last week, I talked about uh, being born of God. And this week, I want to go a little bit deeper. And this is all building into actually talking about praying in tongues. All right. Because you're a spirit being. God is spirit. And so a lot of the communication that we do with him is spirit to spirit. How many times has God spoken to you with a feeling you just, or moved you or moved your heart or you felt compassion? How many, how many raise your hand if you've ever felt that? That was spirit to spirit communication. God was giving you, letting you feel his heart. Okay. How many of you have ever gotten like a word of knowledge or a prophetic word for somebody and, and shared it with that person. Raise your hand. Okay. Or you just wanted to encourage somebody. You're getting, God is communicating with you. It says, who knows the mind of God, but the spirit of God. So God, spirit is telling your spirit to think these things and to, to communicate it to your mind and, and pass it along. And so we are, that's how we were built. That's your antenna to the Lord, is your spirit man. And he's got to be locked in to what God is doing. Okay? And so this week I was, just, I was just spending time with God and I was asking Holy Spirit questions. And I just, because lately I, I've been feeling Holy Spirit's 
affections. I've been feeling like his personality. Like there's, I'll just start experiencing like a sensation of what, of who he is. So last, even last week when I was driving in the church, it just felt like he was excited about what I was about to preach. I was like, that's, that's good. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, um, and then, and so I was, and then just throughout the week, it got me kind of tilting my ear a little bit to Holy Spirit. I was like, Holy Spirit, is there anything else you want to show me? And the Holy Spirit, so I would, I set my mind on the Holy Spirit as a person, and he started showing me things about him. And uh, I'm going to get my journal because I, th- I think I wrote it down in there. I don't want to miss anything. So one of the things that that's where that bookmark is. One of the things Holy Spirit was showing me. He gets really excited. He's very excited. Sometimes we think that he's the force. He's the Jedi force. You know, you've got to tap into this. Uh, amoeba floating cloud or something, you know, and, um, but he's a, he's a, he's a person. I felt like his excitement, I felt like he had irrepressible hope. Like there is, it's absolutely impossible to discourage him. Like he's just, you just like this, the whole, all the bad news that's in the earth. Holy Spirit's like, God, he's, he's coming, baby. He's going to save it, man. He's going to purify his bride. He's got the nations are going to bow. It's good. And so, like, I also felt like the Holy Spirit says, I love my job. I love that I get to reveal Jesus and reveal the Father in the earth. And I get to pour out my, myself on the church. And I get to pour it out on the earth. And I get to pour myself out on all flesh. He says, I love it. I love that. He's sunshiny. He's bright. He's happy. He's full of joy. He's a warrior. He's full of wisdom. He'll cry with you when it's time to cry. He'll rejoice with you when it's time to rejoice. He's wise. He's utterly confident in his abilities and that father will have his way. He's like the most confident person you've ever met in your life. And he, you know, this guy, James Maloney, it came to Convergence Church one time. Awesome. If you ever come across his stuff, read it, listen to it. But he had this teaching on, it's called the spirit of boldness. And I was like, I want some of that. And so I got this CD teaching, listened to it. And all he talked about was getting filled up with the Holy Spirit. I thought there was some secret key that he was going to unleash. If you pray this prayer five times a day, the spirit of boldness will come upon you. He's like, no, you got to get to know the, the spirit of boldness. It's the Holy Spirit. And in a way, I was like, rats, that makes it, you know, I've got to have relationship now. You know, and so like, it's not this easy formula. But that is the, he is the spirit of boldness. He's utterly confident. There's nothing he's scared of. He's, and another thing that I, I was feeling from him, and he's not in a hurry. He's full of peace. I mean, that's what he says. He says, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So he's full of peace. And another thing that he said, he says, I enjoy the, he says, I enjoy the moment. I enjoy the moment. You know, he is, he knows all things. He's part of the Godhead, but he's also not worrying about tomorrow. That's how we have the ability to not worry about tomorrow. And so it's not to negate the urgency of things that are happening in the world because we want to pray for those things. We want to pray for protection for America and the other countries being threatened by ISIS. We want to pray that God have mercy on the USA. We want to pray God have mercy on the nations that are not following him. 
and all at the same time realize God's going to have his way. It's not a passive thing. We're just actively being involved with what God is doing. And my uh, mantra, the Lord, the Holy Spirit told me, he says, I want Zechariah 4, 6. This was a few years ago. This, I want this to be your mantra. If you ever get a personal email from me, it's at the bottom of my signature. It says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And Zechariah, Zephaniah, and Haggai are books talking about, Zechariah is a large part of the end times uh, prophecy and scripture, but another part of it is they were trying to rebuild the temple of Solomon. They had been, the first uh, captivity was held in 722 BC with Israel. So you got Israel, which is one whole country, got divided into two. Israel was the northern part. Judah was the southern part. Judah got uh, held captive and taken, exported in 722 BC. Judah, 586 BC. And the Babylonians, Assyrians destroyed the temple. They, Solomon's temple, which was like the most magnificent building ever to be created in all of history then and now. Like trillions of dollars into that temple. And so that's what my, my specific calculations have come to. And so, so you have the most glorious building in ruins. They are held captive in Babylon 70 years. They come back. Everything's ruined. The city walls are torn down. The temple, wall, the temple is torn down. Houses have been occupied and ruined. It's just like somebody came in and robbed your house and just destroyed everything. And in the midst of all this, God's telling Haggai, Zephaniah, Zechariah, he says, oh, don't worry about that. The, I'm going to tell you the latter house, is gonna, the glory of the latter house is going to far outweigh the former house. So he's saying the new house that I'm building, that glory is going to far outweigh Solomon's temple. Just you wait and see. You thought that was glorious. Wait till what I'm building up. And they're just looking at devastation. And they're like, how, what are you saying, God? You know, and God, they rebuilt the temple. But part of the fulfillment of that prophecy is a glorious bride that hosts the presence of God. A house, a church, the church worldwide hosting the presence of God for a habitation, not for a visitation. To usher in the second coming of Jesus. And so God told them, he's like, listen, I know you're looking around, you see all the rubble, but it's not by might. It's not by power but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. He will do the impossible if you just obey. Because he told them, to start building. And they're like, we, we don't have resources. We don't even have all the tools we need. He just said, start building. So maybe they're putting spit and mud in between the bricks to try to make them stick together. That doesn't matter. Just start building. You start it's, and that's when he said, do not despise the day of small beginnings. The Holy Spirit is like that. Irrepressible hope. He is the helper. So we need to be more dependent on the Holy Spirit than ever before. You know, I heard uh, Banning Liebscher say this, and I agree with him on this. He said, this generation, there's so many distractions that your yes to God is bigger than yeses in former generations <laughs> because of all the things you're having to say no to. And so that's, I want that to encourage you guys. Holy Spirit's ministry is so vital that Jesus, he spent a sub substantial amount of time before he died talking about Holy Spirit and what he was going to do. He said, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That is, uh, it's to your advantage. I leave. Imagine your favorite person in the earth. The embodiment of the love of God. The embodiment. I mean, when Jesus was walking on the earth, he was gushing with the Father's love. That's why... You either 
hated him or you absolutely dropped your nets, stepped out of the boat and just started following him like this. Because people felt the love coming off of him. They felt the authority and they're just like, this is a man like no other. And so, he, but here he is saying, no, it's better that me, the living embodiment, the perfect representation of the Father, gushing with the Father's love, here in the physical, in the flesh, that you can touch me. No, it's better I go away. You can have the Holy Spirit. That's better that you have the Holy Spirit. And so, whoops. So the word help, helper means Parakletos or paraclete, it means called to one's side, called to one's aid, an advocate, an intercessor. It's a, it's a servant-hearted role. That's, that's who God is. He is called to your side. He is called to be like, Kyle, man, I'm here to help you. And I'm actually want to help you so bad, I'm going to live inside of you. You can't even leave me if you want to, all right? <laughs> is that not crazy? Like, God, I'm running from you. He's like, dude, I'm inside. The, the, the joke's on you. So we have a triune salvation, which is really fancy for three. And uh, your spirit is saved when at the moment you receive Jesus, your spirit is regenerated. That's why, you know, 2 Corinthians 517, I believe, is a reference, but it says that you are now a new creature in Christ. You have a, your spirit, man, has been regenerated and renewed, and it's been made new. It's not been, like, healed. It's been, you have, like, a new spirit. So God cleanses us of, cleanses us of all sin and justifies us in the presence of Almighty God. Somebody say, hallelujah. All right. We got to loosen y'all up. We got to loosen these corsets up around here. All right, the soul, upon salvation, God begins the process of sanctifying our souls, which is our emotional chemistry, our thought life, our desires. That is taking up your cross and dying daily. That is the sanctification process. All right, your soul. All right. Your body, ultimately our bodies will be saved and at the second coming of Jesus Christ, when the dead are raised and receive, we receive resurrected, glorified, eternal bodies. You're going to have a fleshly, glorified body, just like Adam and Eve did. All right? That's your eternal body. It's your body, your flesh will not decay. Right now, you're deteriorating. Right now, I can only play basketball once a week because that's all my feet can take. Glorified body, basketball seven, day, seven days a week. All right? Somebody praise him. So I have been saved. I'm being saved, and I will be saved. All right? That's cause for rejoicing. You're just surrounded by salvation. Our souls and our bodies are meant to live in submission to our spirits. And in turn, our spirits are meant to be led by the Spirit of God. Everything in our lives is meant to follow from our, flow from our spirit to spirit communion with God. We are designed for this very purpose. It's just a game of follow the leader. All right, follow the leader. Your spirit leads you. Your spirit's led by the Spirit of God. It's, it's easy. You don't even have to think about your spirit. Just follow Jesus, all right? Just follow the Holy Spirit. So tapping into the Holy Spirit, you have to understand what is inside of you. We need, you need revelation about that. That's not something you can really comprehend. You got to have Holy Spirit tell you about himself. And so a good question to ask Holy Spirit is, tell me about yourself. Who are you? You've been the man of mis international mystery my whole life. Who are you? And he is happy to disclose himself. He's been waiting on that question. So we, you know, what we have inside of us, it's like we have a billion dollars in our belly, but we live off 20 cents a day. 
you have got that kind of reservoir inside of you. And we need help tapping into it. We need the Holy Spirit. It's like, Holy Spirit, you have put a billion dollars in my belly. Will you give me keys to unlocking, to getting to that billion dollars? I don't want to live off 20 cents a day anymore. That's poverty. I want to prosper in my soul. I want to prosper in my spirit. So I need, I need your help. So God will do his part, but what is our part? It's simple. We just seek him. And seeking him is simple, guys. It's not, a lot of times we think, I'm going to seek God. All right. Journal, Bible, concordance, commentaries. Where is uh, Bethel Live at? Where's my Bethel Live CD? All right. Okay. That's on. All right. Blue, I've got uh, Greek concordance right there. I've got Blue Letter Bible pulled up. Now I'm ready, God. I worship you. I give you praise. You know, and so you just like this formal thing. God's just like, he's with you. He's your friend. You just start talking to him. I get, I mean, I don't know if I should say this. God goes with me everywhere. I'll just put it that way, all right? And I get some good stuff everywhere, all right? So you have to, you have to seek him. You, you know, what does that look like? It just looks like he's with you. And acknowledge his presence. That's what, it, just acknowledge him. How many of y'all have ever heard of Brother Lawrence? Okay, he was a monk who, you, you want to talk about, he was a dishwasher that affected Christian church history in his devotional life because all he wanted to do was acknowledge God's presence wherever he was and he lived in like this continual abiding in the joy and the peace and delight of the Lord and he just and he said you know he talks about you it's a it's a word it's a book worthy to read it's like 50 pages long if that long you could read it in 30 minutes but he just talks about how he communed with the Lord and how he, that, was what he, that was his longing. That's what he longed for. And all it was was just simply acknowledging God wherever he was. That's how you seek him. It's like, God, you're with me. Thank you. Acknowledge him. Just acknowledge his presence. So when I'm seeking something, I'm very intentional, even though I may not know what I'm doing or have a great strategy. I've lost, you know, keys around the house. I have no idea where they're at. I'm just flipping stuff over. I'm not, you know, I don't know where they're at. I don't have a great strategy to find the keys in my house. But I'm seeking. I'm being intentional. You know, and eventually I find it. And so you don't have to have like the best looking devotional time ever. There's no such thing. You just acknowledge God. We call them, whenever we're looking for stuff, we call them lost and found angels. And so we'll, you know, say we lose our keys, we need to go somewhere on a trip. God, we need some lost and found angels. There's millions of angels. I mean, I'm sure there's lost and found angels, right? And so, sure enough, they'll show up in a place that we've looked at 10 times. They'll be uh, on, the, you know, on the kitchen counter. It's like, I scoured, I looked in the kitchen counter. Where did they come from? Lost and found angels. So I'm very intentional, but I'm asking God to help. Help me. I mean, I think it's a good prayer. It's like, God, help me find you. I mean, we know in our minds where he's at, but your heart needs to connect with him. So one of the ways that we do that, that we fellowship with the Holy Spirit is simply meditation, meditation on the word. And I'm going to, I want to give you like a little tool in your tool belt this morning that's going to help you just be with, be with Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit and the word are not separate. Jesus is the word of God. And he is the perfect example 
of a human, tab human tabernacle that hosted God's presence, okay? So the word and God's presence are not separate, but they're actually one and the same. So people say, we're a word and spirit church. Now, or we're a word church. I'm like, you can't really do that. They're not separate. So word and spirit, they're one and the same, okay? So meditation involves speaking out scripture and the truths of God, and this is essentially what a decree is. There's something about your words carry life and death on them, and whenever air passes over your vocal cords, so like the wind of God, the breath of God in the Old Testament is called the ruach of God, the breath of God. And so breath is, passes over your vocal cords, and your words carry a spirit on them, either life or death. Word says that, right? Somebody raise your hand up and testify. Word says that. All right. So your words have spirit on them. How many of you have heard one person, Jessica could say one phrase one way and it means something different and Kyle could say the exact same thing and it'd be totally different because of the spirit that's on it. All right, y'all are flowing with me now. So meditation involves speaking out scripture and the truths of God. So this is essentially what a decree is. You will also decree a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. That's what a decree is. You speaking out the word of God, coming into agreement with God. So steps for meditating on the word, all right? If you have a journal, if you have your phone, take this out or write this down, not take it out, write it down. Take your phone out, take your journal out, whatever. So this is just something to put in your tool belt. You don't even, this is just something to help you. So read, read slowly. You know, this may not even connect with you. You may be one of those people that likes to read the, through the Bible three times a year and that's like how you really get the word in you. That's cool, all right? This is just Travis. So I'm just gonna give you what I have. That's all I got to give. So, you read slowly. You repeat phrases, all right? So you read, say you read a sentence or two in the, out of the Bible, you find some phrases in there. You know, like last week we're talking about, John says, to be born of God. Those who are born of God do not practice sin. It's like, I am born of God. I'm born of God. I'm born of God. And you get that thing, you're just speaking it out, it's creating something in you, it's creating that truth to reside in you. You turn the phrases into questions and prayers, and so then you say, I'm, I'm born of God, born of God. Holy Spirit, what does it mean to be born of God? I'm getting ahead of myself because I, I got an example on the next slide, but you visualize, is the fourth thing, and then you pray in the Spirit. Praying in tongues, which that's next week, okay? Just been baiting you guys for two weeks now. So this is the example I'm going to give you, all right? We're going to kind of walk through this together. This is practical Sunday morning sermon time. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 31. It says, in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as a man carries his son in all the way which you have walked until you came to this place. It's a good word. Okay? So this is Old Testament. So the question is that you can start asking the Lord, interacting with the Holy Spirit, what does it, you know, what does it look like to be carried as a son in the wilderness? All right? So just close your eyes. We're going to go through this real quick. Just what does it look like to be carried like a son? Doesn't have to be anything profound, maybe like what you normally see, but maybe something different. What does it look like to be carried as a son in the wilderness? How are you carrying me? Are you, are you carrying me gently? Are you carrying me with a strong arm? And it's going to be different for everybody because God's, there's different needs. Why are you carrying me? Why are you carrying me in this situation, God? 
what do you say to me in the wilderness? Are you, are you saying something to me? You just, or do you just want to hold me? Are you, are you saying something? How are you saying those words? So now visualize yourself being carried like a son or a daughter in the wilderness. Just imagine God carrying you. If you close your eyes, it'll be helpful. So now you just, you're, now you're in the scene with, with God. You're, and you're coming into an experience. And you can say, and then you can start making those things in the prayers and where you say, Father, I want to live out of that place of sonship where you're a great big daddy. I want to know deep in my heart that you are actually very close to me in the wilderness place. I want to live in that place of rest. And then you can start praying in the spirit to get even to go even even deeper in that. All right, you can open your eyes. That's real quick through that. It's just a little simple thing you start doing with scripture. That you that way you can actually it's not just words on a page. You want those things to to get in you, to live in you. Okay? So Part of why, why we did that is instead of trying to fight the faculties of your body, use them during your devotional time. How many of y'all have wandering thoughts when you're trying to spend time with God? Raise your hand, everybody. Come on. <laughs> you know, I've got, oh, I've got to send an email to this client. Uh, Jessica's getting the kid. I can't remember if Jessica's getting the kids off the bus. You know, whatever. So my mind is racing, but I'm like, all right, God, I've got, all those things can wait. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to engage my mind to help me encounter God. All right? So using your imagination to encounter God will actually help sanctify your imagination. Okay? Your imag- you, we have imagination. That's God-given. So using your senses, your mind, and faculties for the purpose of meditation will saturate them in the Word as well. The second thing is we want to dialogue with the Holy Spirit. So 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship. So Holy Spirit is God and he is a person and we need to talk to him like a person. We've been talking, we've been talking about that. Mike Bickle says, you will walk in the Spirit to the degree you talk to the Spirit. You will walk in the Spirit to the degree you talk to the Spirit. And I believe that. That's, all that is is acknowledging Him. You don't have to have great words to say to Him. You just say, hey, Holy Spirit, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> it's simple, folks. I'm try- just keep it simple with God. Keep it simple. So when you talk to Holy Spirit, imagine Him inside you or beside you. And sometimes I like to talk to Him like He's sitting in a chair next to me. I'll be in my car. There's a lot of times that's where I, me and God hang out together privately. And I'm just, I'm like, Holy Spirit, man. I need, I need help. Like, I'm hitting a wall as a, as a husband. I'm hitting a wall as a father. And I have no grit. I don't have anything to pull from. So you've got to, like, download something to me. I'm desperate. Like, I'm tired of going in the circle. You know, you got to try it sometime. You got, it's, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. And then another thing that I do, and this is something Steve Fish taught me, is I pray for myself as if I'm sitting beside myself. I will lay hands on myself. And I'll say, just bless Travis as a father. Give him spirit and win. You just start like prophesying over yourself. <laughs> and you're just, you're going at it, man. It is amazing. Travis just... Bless Travis as a father, strengthen him. Father, give him wisdom. It's like you're able to see outside and not get caught up within the circumstance. All right? Give that one a whirl. So imagine Holy Spirit. So sometimes when you want to interact with Holy Spirit, he, he has manifested himself in the, in the Bible 
as wind, in Acts 2.2, as fire, as a river, and as light and glory. So when you engage your mind with the Holy Spirit, when you're acknowledging him, and you have, and you're in a place where you can close your eyes, you know, don't do it while you're driving or spotting somebody on bench press, but, uh, you know, you're just like, man, but you can even just with your mind's eyes, like I see that fire. I see the Holy Spirit fire inside of me. What's it doing? It's just like, I just, you just start seeing it grow. You start seeing that river just rush and it's bringing life. You see like trees and leaves springing up everywhere that river goes and that they do not wither. You see light and glory. You just see light coming on you and refreshing you and lifting you up. Man, it's endless. And then, we, and then the third thing that you can do is pray in tongues. And so Paul said this. This is Paul. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. And so my, when I'm, next week when I preach on tongues, I'm going to talk about personal tongues for prayer language, all right? I'm not... I'm going to touch on corporate tongues. I'm going to touch on tongues when they come across as like a foreign language, like they did at Pentecost, and they've done in recent history. And, uh, you know, we, I have friends that have prayed in other languages, you know. And so when the, when the Holy Spirit has, has given them the need. And so we're going to, but what I want to focus on is a personal prayer language. This is about communion with the Holy Spirit. And Paul said, in, this, in the context of this, he's saying, I, I'm, I'm glad, I thank God I pray in tongues more than you all. And then he said, but, you know, I'd rather you prophesy so, so that it may be intelligible and they may be able to, inter, you know, people will know what you're talking about in the church. And so people a lot of times are like, see, he's dismissing tongues. No, he's actually amplifying tongues because he's saying, I'm glad I pray in tongues more than all of you. It's a bold statement. What if Bill Johnson got up, first thing he said at Bethel was like, I'm glad I pray in tongues more than all of you. That guy's a jerk. No, I mean, no, he's, he's just saying it's important. And, uh, and so this is something I want you to think about. Paul, the mightiest Christian apostle, arguably, the man who arguably had the most revelation of the gospel, Outside of Jesus, he boldly claims that he prays in tongues more than anyone else. He is arguably the most humble, anointed, effective, busiest person in the New Testament outside of Jesus. How could he place such an emphasis on tongues? And so I just explained that last point. And so here's Paul. He's the guy that said, Pray at all times. How do you do that? How do you do it if you're one-track-minded like me? I mean, I used to paint houses. And I'm also, how many of y'all know about the disc profile personality test? All right. I'm a high C, which means you have anal capabilities. And so when I'm painting and I'm cutting a line with a brush, I'm like, Zero, like laser focus. <laughs> Nothing is entering my mind but a straight line with paint. And so, what can I do? How can I pray continuously if I'm working and I'm cutting a straight line with a brush? How can I pray continuously in that situation? I asked God that. At that time, that was 15 years or 14 years ago. And then I, would, I was a lifeguard at seminary. And I was vacuuming the pool and I was again, you know, the laser focus. And oh my God, this is good. I'm, I'm all alone. This would be a good time to pray, but I can't even like focus. I can't even, you know. And then I started praying in tongues. And I was like, ah. You know, and just going out, going to town. My mind wasn't engaged because it's spirit to spirit. That was a big hallelujah for me. I, was, I love tongues. 
I love it because I get, to, I get to be with God outside of my mind. I get to dethrone my mind, my carnal mind, and I just get to go spirit to spirit with God and pray mysteries to him. I don't have to know everything. There's times where God tells me what I'm praying. He'll whisper to me his, what he's praying what I, or what I'm praying in tongues through him. But I can just vacuum. I can paint. I can vacuum the pool and I can pray. And that was a huge answer to prayer for me. And so I want this, you know, tongues. Why is there so much warfare in the church over it? It must be really good. It must be a good thing. And you, nobody has to pray in tongues. You just get to. At, at the awakening, if somebody doesn't pray in tongues, you're going to be loved just the same as anybody else. There's no rank. Tongues does not rank you more spiritual than anybody else. It's just a tool to fellowship with God, plain and simple. And I want every, my heart is for everybody to get as close to Jesus as possible. And so I'm want, I want you to be fully equipped and not to believe any lies out there that the enemy has put out in the atmosphere over the church and tried to destroy because he is actually scared to death of tongues because it's the one thing that he does not understand what you're saying because it's a mystery to God. He doesn't know that language. He panics. He gets frightened. You can scare the enemy. Did you know you can do that? Did you know he can only give away what he has? He is full of fear. He, is full, he gets discouraged. He is, he is hopeless. And so he tries to put that on you and it's time to just shuck it off and not put up with it anymore. And so that tongues is when you come against and you're speaking mysteries to your father and it's spirit to spirit and it's private and it's intimate and he's going he's to reveal to you things that you never knew were there. Anytime I pray in tongues, it's just he starts showing me things about himself he starts speaking to me in the still small voice in ways I can't understand. And so it is good. It's from God. It is good. Am I right? Because he is good and all his ways are good. And it's, I'm, I really am tired of the church putting up with the devil's mess in this. And this is, you know, you can walk away and just be like, that's Travis's opinion, and that's, that's fine. I'm just, but I'm, I'm telling you, this is what I believe Scripture says. And it's not mystical. It's not like this. You got to get caught up and levitate and pray in tongues. You choose to pray in tongues. It's a choice, just like I choose to witness to somebody on the streets. It's just a simple act of faith. You choose to sit down in a chair believing it's going to hold you. Same way with tongues. I'm going to choose to pray. And, we, and next week, we're going to activate you in it. If you're like, man, I want it, I want it, I want it. We're going to activate you in it. And sometimes it's good to wait, make you a little extra hungry. And so just stand up with me. And guys, you can come on up. Father, I just thank you. Just thank you for your presence. I thank you for just wisdom and revelation. Lord, just declare freedom, Father. But even, I just feel like some of you are starting, there's just even condemnation that you maybe believe lies about God. You believe lies about Holy Spirit. You believe lies about his gifts. He just wants to break that condemnation off of you because today is a new day and it's time to start. Every day is full of God's mercies and compassions. That is from the enemy. The enemy walks in condemnation. He has been condemned. He has been judged. God is the one who liberates. And he just wants you to experience everything he has to offer. 
He wants you to experience heaven on earth right now. It says that Jesus ascended and he gave gifts to men. Because Jesus wanted to go global. His ministry was pretty local, but he wanted to go global. So he, did, he had the idea, we're going to send the Holy Spirit and spread the fire of my love over the face of the earth. So Father, I just pray for a hunger and thirst for righteousness. I pray for a hunger for your presence in us, God. Lord, that we would just let everything fall away. We would let our decencies, we would let our idols, we would let our comfortability just fall to the wayside as we pursue you, as we chase you through the valleys and over the mountains, God. As you tell us, as you call us, come, come away with me, my beloved one. And the Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would stir us just stir in us, Holy Spirit. Stir in us your affections. Stir in us the way you feel. Stir in us your thoughts, the way that you want to reveal the Father, the way you want to reveal Jesus to us. And, and Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're so servant-hearted. You don't speak anything, but that what you hear come from the mouth of the Father. I just thank you, Holy Spirit, for your ministry. I thank you that you love your job. I thank you that you love being with us. I thank you that you're not discouraged. I thank you that you're full of hope, irrepressible hope, and that you're full of boldness. There's absolutely no fear in you. And that you love to be in us. You love to be inside of us. You love to take up residence. Just do whatever you have to do, Holy Spirit, for us to walk in more of your fullness. I just give you permission we say yes if that's you just say yes to holy spirit just simply say yes yes holy spirit do whatever you want to do in my life do whatever you want to do 